spirituality, consciousness, health, and mindset. Welcome to the Ascend Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Chris Hopper. And I'm Dan Harrison. Together, we are all wisdom and knowledge seekers. Hey, what is up everyone? This week on the Send Podcast, we dive into the world of consciousness technology. We talk about the utilisation of some of the world's most ancient and modern technology to help us tap into our higher selves and bring back the consciousness back to the forefront of our meat suits. And not only that, but for our life in general, just to figure shit out, to get out of our own way, overcome fear and elevate our consciousness. So for us in this definition, in terms of us, Consciousness technologies are that bridge to our best selves, the access to our higher selves. And we all know that there are many different amazing conscious technologies that have been around since the beginning of time that can allow us to access that to a certain degree. So if in this podcast we delve into what are some of them, why they're important to the human experience, the future of these technologies, and also towards the end of this conversation, we give you guys a little look into our current morning ritual that we use to bring back the consciousness back to the forefront of our meat suits. So just before we do jump off this one, if you guys are loving the podcast, please support the podcast by going to our Patreon page. And Patreon basically allows you guys to crowdfund this thing and in the process you get to receive some really cool rewards. As you know we've never bombarded you guys with stupid ads or products and if you are loving the podcast please spare a few minutes, check out the different tiers and if they tickle any of them tickle your fancy please support. So we have also now set up a new reward tier called The Mind Awakens and a lot of you guys were asking if we could set up a group where all of us like-minded people could actually come together and share some ideas and just have some fun and really go deep down the rabbit hole together. So we've decided to set that up now. So that is a new Patreon reward in our Patreon page called the Ascend Community Hangout. And it's basically just a group of people, a group of like-minded people where we can all come together in one spot, ask some deep questions, talk about some deep topics with me and Chris and just explore the world of these topics. So we all know it can be hard to find like-minded people who do want to engage in these type of deep conversations and it's also the way that society is set up. If you do start asking bigger questions or doing things that are not classed as normal, people call you crazy, laugh at you behind your back or even just call you weird. And to me it's actually weird not wanting to sort of discuss what it actually means to be human, what the hell we're all doing and just basically just expand our mind and explore our own consciousness. So anyway, we'd love it if you guys would join us in our monthly online hangout where we get all weird, have some deep conversations, explore what it actually means to be human. So any of the, if any of this does tickle your pickle, please send your meat suits over to our Patreon page and just join in on the community. We'd love to speak to you guys. Anyway, let's jump in with this one. Consciousness Technologies. Enjoy. So we've wanted to have a conversation for a while now about consciousness technology. Yes. Try to tap in and utilise some of the most ancient and also some of the most new modern technologies to help us try and figure out things in life and the human experience to overcome fear. We certainly elevate have. our consciousness <laughs> and continue our incredible lives. 
But before I think we do go there, we've got to actually sort of define, just for listeners, actually what consciousness consciousness is in relation to this topic. So mm. just jump in straight away. So when I talk about consciousness, what I mean by that is actually it's the force that is behind all life, the force of life. Yeah, it's not necessary sort of our mind. It's not even our body either. It's actually the thing behind that. It's the real driver of our sort of our meat suit. Wow, like the ultimate force of who we are. Yeah, wow. that's what I like to see. Well, I, th- I like that like a lot, and I think like it, for us, we've got to really understand like what is consciousness. And right now, it's been a question which has had like the world thinking since like the dawn of time. Yeah, whenever any, whenever, uh, whenever somebody has ever questioned life, their own existence, they found this like new point in which they would become consciously aware. Like maybe without knowing the terms of what consciousness is, but at that moment they harness like the first power of what consciousness truly is, which is awareness. And ever since then, mankind has become like fascinated by consciousness, life in the universe, and it is to consciousness that we owe the fact of evolution of our species to where we are today. So obviously, like throughout time, man has tried his best with so many different technologies to understand consciousness and who and what we are. So this is why this podcast is going to be a powerful one. Yeah, definitely. It seems to me, though, as well, just to add a bit more substance to the topic as well, it seems to me that when our consciousness isn't sort of at the forefront of our body, and this is the same for me in my life, or sort of at the driver's seat of our meat suits, that's what I like to say, and we're sort of just operating on that automatic pilot, you know, we're just rushing around, sort of letting our heads run the game, so mm. to say. It's interesting because from that position, we can actually make real decisions in life. That's what I've found anyway. So I think when when we do when I do talk about consciousness in relation to this topic as well, when our real consciousness is at the forefront of our body, at the forefront of that of the vehicle, like I said before, at the forefront of our meat suit, yeah. that's when we can make sort of real decisions from our most authentic self. Yeah, I think you're exactly right, Dan. I think that's where we when consciousness does become completely aware, that is when we truly understand that we have actually been given a vessel right now. And it's not just to explore the vessel and but to look after it as well. We yeah. need to treat it right and really if we look after the vessel, the vessel will look after us. Yeah, and that's why I think it's interesting because if we do look around with this so if we look out there now, there's so many different ways that we can access this sort of consciousness, this pure consciousness, whatever you want to call it. Mm. But it's interesting to me because when we actually do talk about this topic, it's interesting to me that many people actually when you say the word technology, people think it's about adding things. But with a sort of consciousness technology, it's about taking things away, stripping away the layers. Wow. That's the interesting thing that I've come from anyway in my mind. I never even thought about that, by the way. I never thought it was like about stripping things away. I always thought technology, like you said, was adding yeah. things. But like like when we um, go through like a breathing, that is a form of technology. And I think it's very interesting how it actually gives you something. But it also strips away the layers. So maybe you're right. Maybe that is the, the things that we're actually missing is the part of it where it's taking the That's things away. That's the thing away. with, with uh, a lot of things with technology when people talk, yeah, use the word technology, they're related to things like an iPhone or a laptop or a piece of paper, thing, f- physical objects, materialistic objects that you can actually hold in your hand yeah. and become your identity. But this conscious, real conscious technology is not about that. So, and just as well, just something I want to touch on as well with you as well, just before we do start, oh, start, start digging deep into these technologies as well that we're going to refer to and break them down a bit more, it seems to me that we're sort of being, like I was saying before about the how we actually think technology is all about sort of adding things like a piece of paper, an iPhone or a laptop or a pen or a bit of paper, whatever it is. It seems to me that we've actually been manipulated into thinking that we actually, we are sort of parts and things, but we're not. A human, a real human deep down fundamentally isn't the things. It's something more than that. 
and it's it's interesting because we've actually sort of been made to think in uh, made to think that we actually sort of only exist within our own bodies within our own skins and that's what i feel in relation to consciousness and i think from that position that's when sort of the fear comes in the fear creeps into the human mind that we're actually that's all there is to us yeah nothing else more to us and it's interesting because um i was listening to alan watts as well and he was talking about um it was on a YouTube video and he was actually he says imagine a world where there's sort of no real living beings and we're just all these sort of mechanical people going around just imagine that though yeah I could like, I could imagine I mean like some could argue that we're already getting like that really these mechanical beings we are just like like when you see people walking on the phone like when does when does the phone end and the person begin you know what I mean because their complete awareness is on their phone so technically at that moment in time they are complete machine mm and that mechanical being though what I thought about is in relation to this conversation as well what Alan Watts was referring to that mechanical being is actually sort of um, not being in control of your consciousness oh. and um, I was thinking about this and I was trying to think because I wanted to bring this to, I want to bring this example here in my head as well and I was trying to think how can I uh, bring this to you and I was thinking about imagine like sort of a, um, like a sheep in a field you know when a sheep's in a field and it's just got its head down eating the grass all day mm-hmm. that sheep is not going to because it's got its head down all day that sheep's not going to see all these different things that's going on all around it mm-hmm. like the real things it should be tapping into and focusing and that's the same for the human experience if you've just walking around like you said before you're walking on the street with your head down you're not going to witness all the beauty in the world you're not going to see the like the the buds on the trees I think you're not going to you're not going to uh, be able to have you're not going to be able to witness detail in people's emotions when they're walking around carrying themselves things mm-hmm. like that I think something interesting, like and and, um, and American an American philosopher Thomas Nagel, he actually posed this question, like, "What is it like to be a bat?" And he even stated that, like, we can work out right now with science, we can work out the entire cortex of a bat's brain, like the neurological pathways in which a bat thinks. Like, we could even dissect each and every electrochemical process of being a bat, but no one would ever experience the world from a bat's point of view. So, which I think is very interesting is like it makes me think, because we can't actually see how a sheep would be in a field, what it's actually consciously thinking, just as we can't understand what a bat's consciously thinking, we can't understand anything from any other point of view of how a person's thinking and consciously being aware at that moment. Well, that's the, there's a book as well that talks about that called the uh, the mind's eye. So the, the the book the cover of the book right is actually sort of an eye as well but it's a concept of the mind's eye so it's not meaning necessarily your your, your eye perspective it's actually you yourself mm-hmm. so and it talks about how often how i mean ask yourself this now as well how often do we actually sort of see the world for what it is through actually someone's perspective you're always seeing it through your own perspective yeah. everything you do that's the same thing as well and, and what's an example i think of as well is is it's like the um, to bring it back to the conscious conversation as well is like the hamster wheel. You know when someone's running on a hamster wheel, all right, you're constantly yeah. on that cycle of the hamster wheel all the time, and you feel like you can't get off. Mm-hmm. That's like the mind. That's like the, that's where the mind's visual perception is. The mind's on this constant cycle, and you're not going to be able to see someone else's perspective. But there is a chance for you to jump off that hamster wheel because if you jump off the hamster wheel, that's when you can start seeing people for who they really are. Yeah, well, not just seeing people, but seeing yourself for who you really are. Exactly. Because once you step off the wheel, what happens is you become still, and your mind becomes still. You're not focusing on the run. Your body's not focusing on the um, on the moving object of the hamster wheel. Just like just to take the um, reference to a human being, like if we take ourselves out of our jobs, out of our homes, out of our relationships, out of even who we are, what's left? 
And that is where the fundamental state of consciousness truly lies. And this is what we're getting at now, just like the hamster wheel. If we're getting off it, if we're getting off anything in society, we are becoming still, and which is where I think where pure consciousness lies. But I want to know, Dan, um, what happens when we do become few, fully still and the mind stops talking? See, what you was, that way you were just saying there, that was a beautiful uh, question, by the way, as well. And that, to me as well, that brings to my mind as well, that's sort of the process of bringing your consciousness back to the forefront of your body. That's what it is to me, and that's how you create that stillness in your mind. When you're, when I said before, beginning of the podcast, when your consciousness comes to the forefront of your body and it's back to the driver's seat of your meat suit, that's when you, you can sort of... Um, use that sort of that manual you can tap into that manual to attain this different level of consciousness mm. and um but it seems to me that if you look around society now it seems to me that we're sort of this was the same for me as well a few years ago that we've actually sort of lost the manual how our vessels are really working so it was just scratching around at the surface like you said before we haven't really got that real stillness in the mind where we can just slow down and take that like one deep breath mm. and just like see everything for how it really is but it's interesting because it seems to me that we're sort of because of that, we're so we're so outly focused as a society, and it seems to me that these our sort of neurological patterns they're so messed up and they're all over the place. Yeah, and I think what when you said before about gaining that stillness of mind, I think to tie back into these conscious technologies, that's what I think they can do. Because when you do bring these sort of conscious technologies into place, it makes you actually become aware of yourself. It makes you become in line with everything, everything around you. Mm-hmm. And I think when we are getting sort of like you said before, we are getting pulled all over like these sort of little monkeys. Um, what these conscious technologies actually allow you to do is to allow you to think and it's interesting because I know people as well could be thinking in terms of like all these things that's out there like meditation and breathing things like that they're all sort of like wooey but they're not it's not about that because yeah. these tools can be used for everything these tools can be used for better relationships it can be used for business whatever you want you can you can uh, adapt these tools to use for every aspect of your life it doesn't have to just be you getting stillness in the mind it can be for everything I think that's what people are forgetting. I mean, they are forgetting that these these um, technologies, such as like breathing, psychedelics, and meditation, like they've been used for countless years, not just for like, not just for like the basic understanding of life, but like for the whole complete understanding of life. I mean, it it does break down exactly who we are. And when I start going on about like the stillness in the mind, we've got to look at these technologies, such as breathing, psychedelics, and meditation. I think it does give us like the sense of awareness and it gives us the understanding of our place in time. And I think the crucial element of all this is to just be aware. An interesting answer I found when I posed this to myself and I found like when studying consciousness and science, I found it interesting how like scientists and philosophers are both basically like undergoing like this consciousness war. Like somebody has to be right, somebody has to be wrong and it feels like it's always been like one discrediting the other. And I think right now, though, science and the philo- philosophy side of life, I think they're all coming together and I think they are trying to create like a pure understanding of what consciousness is. And I think this is where we're getting to the point now, Dan, where me and you were starting to talk about stillness and how beautiful it is and how like meditation is affecting the mind because science is backing this up now. And this is where we're all coming together. And I think right now, we are both advancing right now into the, our understanding of consciousness. 
that's interesting to me because when you see in there about the, the, there's definitely a war going on outside of our bodies as well, like sort of in the in the world. Mm. But I was actually thinking in my head there, keep my mind there. I was noticing within myself there. I was actually analysing my head there when you were saying that, and I was also seeing myself there. There's also a war going on within my body as well. So there's also a psychological war going going on within myself as well. So I know uh, I'm not too sure too sure about the science of this, but there's a lot of scientists talk about how we actually. Um, I wish I knew the uh, scientist who talked about this. I can't remember it though. But he was talking about how we actually have sort of our brains splitting in two halves. We have like two different hemispheres within the brain. Yeah. So like we're getting pulled all over the place. So like maybe one half the he- uh, the hemisphere in the brains like your conscious mind, one's your subconscious mind. So you you get what constantly as we're walking around all throughout the day, we're constantly being bombarded with all these different types of data that's all around us. And our different hem- hemispheres and our brains are getting pulled all over. So there's not just only a wolf outside, there's also a wolf inside as well. Yeah. And it's about sort of tuning into that and trying to override the systems that's constantly being played in our body and bring the consciousness back to the forefront of the body. That's what I found anyway yeah. on my journey. It makes you wonder, like, what is this war that's going on inside of us? Is it, like, the philosophical side of life? Or is it, like, the science side of life? Or... Uh, not just on the external, like maybe there is scientists out there trying to debunk philosophy and there is philosophers trying to debunk science. But the truth is, like, we have that one battle inside our own minds, like you were just seeing there. And that is the, and that is um, maybe the ultimate battle that we'll have to face. That's the thing as well. If, just imagine, um, no matter how many times someone says to you to do something, if you really know yourself, you're going to make your own decision anyway. So that's the same with scientists. Say if there's loads, all the scientists out there saying, oh, the placebo effect doesn't work. It's never going to work. But if you believe it's going to work, it'll work for you. Mm-hmm. Because no matter what anyone else says to you, you, your systems within your body can override what anyone else says. That's the power of the belief coming in there. Yeah, well, the, the more and more research that not coming up now, we're finding more and more people who are actually going against, like, I'm going to bring it to cancer because I've been watching a few things on cancer right now. People who are being told, like, oh, you've only got three days to live or two days to live or six months, whatever. But the beating it using alternate therapies, such as, like, how Rick Simpson told us by using cannabidiol and stuff like that. And it also, when you're using these alternate therapies, they don't, like, sorry, uh, chemotherapy, it destroys things. Whereas cannabidiol, just like we were talking about before, it creates things. It creates, like, this different neurological connection in the brain and this neurological connection brings about healing whereas whereas chemotherapy it's about killing killing cells whereas I don't know if we're going on a tangent here or what but anyways I'm just saying like how different things in life actually impact you completely different even though they want the same outcome that's that's an interesting thing though about with these conscious technologies because what I found is what it do, when you were saying there it's a perfect example sort of like connecting these sort of tapping into new like um, neurological connections in your brain because that's that's what I've found because it seems to be that when when your mind is healthy and you're in that place where you're using all these practices like all these different conscious technologies like meditation or breathing which I know we are going to go into later on <laughs> people's dying to hear what we're going to go into but, um, but basically when you are using all these different techniques what it does is it sort of it connects all the sort of it connects all them loose wires in the brain sort of say it's because you've got you get you in life, right? You get given so many clues. I know. So they say he's a clue for this, he's a clue for that, he's a clue for this, he's a clue for that, and you're trying to put all the dots together at once. But at the end of it, it doesn't look like the perfect jigsaw that you could make it out yeah, to be. It just looks like a complete random set of dots. Well, that's exactly that's exactly what I was trying to put across there because the mind's trying to. I'm trying to like put it put across a perspective that I've gained in my mind there. Mm-hmm. So my head my head there was trying to put all the 
put all the dots in place. So like I was trying to, I was actually trying to go within my own mind there and view how these practices have actually affected my neurological connections within my brain. Yeah. So I was trying to put them all together there when I was trying to explain that point there when I knocked up. I was trying to put all the points together and look how how these practices actually really sort of connected all the dots within my mind and created the own map within my mind. Wow. That's what I was trying to do there with my mind. That's why I went all over the place. I was actually, like, I was vision, put my mind there on a the spot looking at the sky there and I was just, like, trying to really go within and do that sort of, do mm. the concept justice of what it's really connected in my mind, how it's actually created me as a new human being. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like you bring answers from so many different sources where you've heard so many diff, different research backing up things, but all these different researches all come from so many different sources that piecing them together at once to create the ultimate answer, it's basically what humans have tried to do for countless thousands of years, you know what I mean? We're trying to battle the same problem that we've always had, like trying to piece together so many different people's perspectives and so many people's answers into one right answer. And I'm not sure if it's possible, but the truth is like, what we've found and what's documented now, with the internet, I love this thing, little machine right in front of us, it is giving me this perspective like, in every single person right now who's on the internet, they've all got an answer, they've all got a question about life, and the, and we're, the more we're actually putting out there, we're actually joining the dots together. So then maybe the internet is the auto-solver of the jigsaw we're actually looking for. And maybe, that's what I was going to say earlier there, maybe the internet is one of them sort of, maybe the internet as well is one of them conscious technologies if you and right, just mm. to connect the dots in your mind, to connect you with other people's dots in their mind as well. Yeah, so the dots definitely. that we're seeing will connect with people's dots in their mind when they're walking around listening to this. Well, I think that's what's very interesting, right? And I actually come to this little conclusion myself is like, when we're actually looking at all these technologies, we're actually going into the stuff like meditation and breathing and yoga and exercise. But it's the same with all these different technologies. They open up a degree of a person, right? They open a degree of awareness. And if we find the stillness in the mind, and somebody could actually do all these exercises, but it might not work for them. And but they could go out in nature and they might see an animal chewing on a nut and just go, wow, look at that animal completely at peace. I wonder what it's thinking. And then all of a sudden, that's them thrust into that world of awareness. But on also, another thing I'd like to see is a guy could actually go to the fridge, right? He could be obese, he could be having the, like, the worst time of his life and he could have actually just opened the fridge, see the light and just look at what all of his food and automatically go, you know what, what I'm eating is terrible. I'm completely changing my life. Why am I doing this to myself? In that his, his awareness has opened up. And then makes me think, like, every single thing on this planet, right, is actually a technology for us to become aware. Every single thing, even if it's not meant to be, but it is. Yeah, I like that, by the way. I was just about to see that as well. But the, the, I like the, I really do like that. That's perfect. That was exactly what I was thinking in my mind there when you were saying that. But I was trying, I was thinking as well how to sort of separate it a bit because I was thinking in my head, it seems to be that there's more sort of solid conscious technologies, but then there's also conscious triggers. So you were saying there, the con- for, so for me, the conscious triggers mm. have been like, because I've noticed that everything's, everything's sort of a spiritual practice. Everything. Like you were saying before, someone could just look at a bird and like could be watching a bird in a tree and that switches something in your mind. Mm. You're completely right. There's, I think there's all these different conscious triggers all over, going on all on within the human experience, no matter what it is. And everyone can find it in a different way. But I think that's what you were saying before. That's the way it's set up. It's set up for... So no matter who you are, what type of person you are, everyone has different triggers within your mind. So like, you like doing meditation more, I like moving more. 
these different triggers will make you it'll, it'll bring you on the journey so that you can go somewhere else and it might take you somewhere else later on down the line but that's mm-hmm. the beauty of it all these conscious triggers no matter who you are you can find them in different ways and that's exactly what you're saying yeah I think that's I think that's a suspect of the life life experience is actually understanding and seeing it from someone's self's perspective I mean we could actually watch we could actually go outside now and see somebody who's we could go at the shops and see like a huge obese person putting in big bags of pizzas and kebabs and whatever into their food into their shopping and we could be thinking well they're not consciously aware of like of the damage that they're doing but then all of a sudden they might just go straight away home and just like put all this food away and go you know what I'm wrong this is this is not how I'm meant to be living my life it's like I said anything just gives you the beautiful perspective of life like there's no yin without the yang so maybe the bad creates the good you know how I actually came into touch with meditation was through an argument it was, I was having an argument with someone and I can't remember who it was but I just felt completely stressed and I was so involved in that situation I was like I could and I couldn't break down like afterwards I couldn't like hold any silent stillness in my mind I thought I need meditation and so after that straight away I went on 200 days straight on meditation it's interesting how if you think about the human experience how actual how actual cha- sort of challenge challenges actually sort of create something different create the next stage yeah, but I think a challenge as well comes from um, the breakdown of comfort. I think as soon as we break down comfort and we understand like the terror that is comfort and conformity, then we can actually step up. And maybe that's why that fear is coming up though, like the fear and the sort of like you said before you were because you were you said you had an argument with someone. Yeah. Maybe it's because when the argument does come up, the argument's there for you to learn from that. Well, that's what I did. I had to be aware of like it wasn't a case of being right or wrong in the argument I mean I can't even remember what it was about now but the truth is like afterwards I understood like this was not how I was mentally meant to be processing this and then I realised I needed to find a technique to calm and find stillness in the mind that's what I'm saying and this is quite deep what I'm going to say now right but maybe there is this sort of uh, there's actually this bigger intelligence to the game so like I really do believe in sort of synchronicities and things like that because loads of synchronicities have been coming up in my life lately yeah me too so uh, maybe like you said before, you had the argument. Maybe the argument was meant to be there, so it t- takes it to the next part of your life. That's what I think. Maybe I, could happen. I agree completely. I think every single thing that we've been given in life is a gift for our awareness, and everything is going to be how you see it. Obviously, you can see one thing, and I could see it completely other. Just like the listener could listen to this and be thinking, "Wow, I'm going to change my life straight away," or they could actually listen to this and go, "You know, what? it's not for me. I'm turning off." Yeah, yeah. It's interesting how different perspectives work like that. So it's very interesting to see how something such bad as like an argument, a complete disagreement with other person's values in life, can actually lead me to actually completely change my life into the beautiful structured way it was through meditation. Yeah, I love that. So oh, let's so let's dig into some of these technologies. Then, so what are, what are some of these? Uh, let's get them eventually. So what are some of these? Um, <laughs> right. So what are some of these conscious technologies? So I think before we do start going into them, I think. As we know, there are many different conscious technologies in this incredible life. And um, just for us in this definition in terms of sort of conscious technologies, we think that actually that, that we, what they are is these, there are the actual that, that bridge to the best part of ourselves, to access our higher selves. And we all know that there are many different conscious technologies that do allow us to access that to a certain degree. So anyway, there are many different technologies that have been around since the beginning of time. But just to jump in straight away, one of the, I know one of the uh, most familiar ones that I know you're familiar with as well, Chris, is meditation. 
And for me, what meditation is, it's sort of that gain and that stillness of the mind. When the mind is still, that for me, that's when the consciousness comes back in the body. And um, I know there's lots of different types of meditation out there in terms of all these different world traditions and things like that. But I think it's all, for me anyway, it's just been about finding the right one for you and just testing and playing with things. Yeah, definitely, I agree. I mean, it help, really helps when you find meditation if you have like a, um, a foundation behind it. So if you actually have a reason on why you want to start meditation and you have to use that as the backbone for what what is going to come because there is going to be some hard times in meditation. It's It seems quite easy just to sit around and just like and uh, stay calm and stay meditated. But truthfully, you've got an active mind 24 hours of the day. So putting it in that state of trance is difficult at first. But when you actually put yourself into there, it does leave a lot of benefits. And this is this is another one as well I want to bring up here. This is a bit of a different one. Um, is the flow tank, sensory deprivation tank. And uh, I think for me, this is what I found in meditation. This is sort of an upgrade from meditation for me. Um, so I think it, this could be a good tool if someone, um, like one of the conscious technologies, where a tool where people, if people do struggle with meditation, for me, what because what the sensory deprivation tank does, the flow tank, is because what I found with the human mind, when you said before about how our minds are constantly in motion all the time, looking for things and and always constantly trying to pick things up out of our environment what the sensory deprivation does it shuts down all that so when the mind's actually looking for all the data and things like that it the what what the float tank does it shuts down all that sensory uh, input so you can actually get in deeper states of and access deeper states of your consciousness a lot faster than just meditating that's what i find found anyway mm. i don't know if you found that about the float tank that you it's easier than meditation yeah well i to be honest, um, I'd probably say no because I, I did more meditation than float tanks. But uh, I, I didn't do enough float tanks to really understand the experience. I think my body was still getting used to it. If I did loads of float tanks, I would understand the whole process a lot better. Um, is there any other ones that you wanna, you you think? Well, yeah, well, uh, sorry, yeah, there is something I'd like to say, Dan. And um, it's basically, it's exposing yourself to different environments, such as um, an exposure to nature. It's a... Uh, a lot of us get lost in like the whole mainstream of the four walls that we have, and when we actually break them, break them walls down, and we actually go out and searching for these, uh, like a different experience in nature, and we, and there could be anything in, in nature that will spark this new conscious shift in you. Because when you're out there in nature, you feel the energy of the earth, like you become a part of it. It's like it wants to invite you home, sort of say, and that does expand your consciousness, in my view. Yeah, I like that as well because that's been a big one for me. Nature is, I think, when you are outside, um, I, I call it sort of the. Um, it's a bit like the float tank for me. It's sort of like shutting down all that the sensory input. That's what it is for me. I know you get taken in the, this environment of the birds and things like that, but for me, that's that's where I sort of found a find a peace of mind when I'm in nature and I hear the birds and things like that. And I, I love that one, by the way. And another one as well, which I've found as well, a big one for me. And this is and this is one that's been around for thousands of years as well. And it's this. And it's, there's no coincidence why it has been around a thousand years and that's yoga, movement of the body because I think this is an excellent, what I've found is sort of an excellent tool for enhancing body consciousness to see where the structure of your body is, body is at and what it's doing for your posture, where, where you're at in terms of with your, where you're at with your body and your, in life and it sort of allows you to see how, how actually how your body is and you get to feel the structure and see where tension is and then from that position when you start becoming more aware and more body conscious that's when you can start actually tapping into your body and becoming aware and feeling how, where, where it's actually at in the day that's what I've found anyway well, have you found anything with movement? yeah I definitely find something um, I read a book bef- and I've um, 
I've used it to practice as um, it's called working with chi, and I do this every morning, and it does actually open up this like charge in the body, and I understand that that charge is the energy that I need throughout the day, and so, and if I don't do it, I feel like my body's still like wanting to experience the charge before I need to do something else. So that's, and the chi movements is all about just expressing the flow of the body. So realizing the body is actually in motion, it's really beautiful to feel and, and to witness. Yeah, I love that, by the way. And that's that's a big one within yoga that I've been doing as well. Is is not necessarily doing sort of a yoga routine that's stuck in my mind, but it's just exa- exactly what you said. Just when it, when you wake up in the morning or whatever time it is in the day, just actually feeling the body and listening to what the body wants and just and going with the flow and feeling that and moving in ways that your body, your inner self wants to move. Mm. And that's what I feel anyway. Um, I'll tell you another big one as well, which one I did want to bring up as well, is breathing as well. And I know that obviously this is this for both of us, this is a big one as well. But um, I know we did a previous podcast about this as well with uh, Engel as well and this, which is a powerful one, by the way, as well, isn't it? Mm. But if you think about with the power of breath in terms of it being a conscious technology, I'm coming to more understanding that breathing is actually one of the biggest ones out there because if you think about this in terms of uh, breath, everything in life is actually dependent on breath. So if you think about it, without breath, there's no life on the planet at all. Every, sing- every, sing- every single living being on this planet breathes, humans, plants, everything br- breathes. And uh, it's very interesting because we, I know we talked about this with Engel, but we we're talking about how it's very interesting how you can actually go out, go without food for quite a bit. You can go without water, but oxygen, it's like a couple of seconds, a couple of minutes, sorry, if that, if you can hold your breath that long. <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's very interesting. And what I've noticed about um, breathing as well is if you look in terms now, sort of science is now starting to catch up and validate and actually show how powerful breathing is. And there's a lot of people who's talked about this over the years as well, talk, talked about the hyperoxygenation of the body. And, uh, and obviously, no, Wilhelm Reich touched on it as well, how hyperoxygenation of the blood cells can actually affect uh, cancer cells, which is interesting as well. People want to dig into that, which goes deep. But um, as well, as there's, there's loads of other things as well, which obviously Wim Hof has shown about how he taps into his immune system and switches on certain things biologically in his body that actually can auto auto respond to sort of uh, sicknesses and diseases which he was shown but even just beyond all that as well beyond all that deepness it's a uh, um people can actually think all that stuff's weary about the breath but it's very interesting because it's actually been proven in mainstream science now to actually sort of even just lower your cholesterol level and just even just change the chemistry of your body mm. so even on just a biological level it's shown now in science that it is doing something and it's very interesting because if we actually think about this, this is all, all this has actually been under, understood for millennia by ancient cultures and things like that. So I think it's just about, for me anyway, for the breath, it's about putting more attention and awareness to the breath. And that's obviously, that's when you can sort of consciously change and affect the functions within your body. That's what I feel anyway. Is there any other, um, maybe any other tools that, out the, any of the out of, out of the box tools that you think sort of brings your consciousness back to the forefront of your body? I think, um, I think I discussed this before, but when I said like, there's, I believe that consciousness is the ultimate state of awareness. And I believe that anything in life could be used as a gift to bring that state of awareness. It's all about your perception of it. At, the state, at that time, if you anything what you perceive is an enlightened experience, it is going to be your conscious technology. Yeah, and, and I think we've talked about this before as well. And I think it's very interesting how to actually break this down because when we we're having a conversation about this, it's quite hard to break down to find what the conscious technology is because um, we had a very deep conversation about this, which is quite funny and I think it might be good bringing it up now. We were talking about how 
what is actually sort of a technology is the human body itself is our meat suit itself actual technology because if you've got to think about it to breathe you, your lungs have got to function and there's got to be all these different biological effects that's going on in, in your body so them also tools as well yeah. it's fascinating isn't it i'll tell you an interesting one as well which um i, I don't know you've really you, i know you've done a little bit of this but um i've been studying this a lot more is dance sort of the ancient art of dancing this is another one that's sort of been around for thousand and thousand years and it's obviously that's it that's no coincidence why it has as well because tribes and stuff like have been using that for ceremonies and things like that mm. it's interesting though because what i found about dance is that people are, are dubious to do it because people are worried about what other people think so people actually are not willing to go out the comfort zone and just dance even though they really want to mm. because the thing that other people's going to laugh at them and things like that but what i found about dance is, is it is it is that bridge to sort of clear in the mind that's what i found anyway because when you when you're dancing you're just moving your body you've just got that freedom you're not and it just puts you in this sort of a sense of a a trance where it's just you and your body and that's it and you're just moving with the flow yeah i agree that's what i find about dancing anyway and i think that's a good one uh, another another very interesting one as well which um which um this is a, this is a quite quite different one and i'll touch on slightly is uh, lucid dreaming the dream state and um I, th- I think this is a this is a technology for me that I've learned over the last few months when I've been exploring it is a one that is a is a, it's sort of a um, a world that's un- unexplored. That's what I feel anyway to explore consciousness. Mm. And um, I, I thought about this. And I think this terms to break it down. I think people who aren't exper- aren't experienced the dream world. It's sort of like um, eating a donut, but they're not eating the jam in the middle. So you're really missing out on something big. But I think that's, I definitely think the dream world is something that more needs to be explored. And um, I know if anyone listening to this now wants to go delve further into this, check out uh, the podcast we did with Robert Wagner because that was a good podcast, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, powerful podcast that was. Really enlightening about the dreams. Is there any other, uh, any other before we skim over? I mean, maybe a touch on psychedelics is definitely maybe a good one. I mean, I know me and you both can't really t- touch on psychedelics much because yeah. we're not very uh, experienced sort of uh, psychedelicas. <laughs> yeah, I think we've got the main points down of like what it, what it truly is actually. Um, anything that really opens up your awareness, but those really functions, if you're trying to get in with your energy, and if you're trying to fo- focus with your energy and trying to open up that perception and awareness, you will find it. You will find your conscious. Yeah, definitely. So here, here's an interesting thing I want to ask you, right? So why do, why do people actually not sort of see these spiritual methods of technology? Like all these different spiritual methods that we're talking about, why do actually people not really sort of really view them as this sort of spiritual technology? Yeah. Um, is it because, because I've thought about this, is it, is it because people sort of hasn't been made, made aware of them, that these are all there for us to access 24-7? That's what I've thought about anyway. I think you're. I think you're right, Dan. I think it. But to be honest, I think a lot of people at the minute they feel a, like a level of disconnect with the human experience. Like, I th- like I said, I think it all ties back to energy. And when people are losing their energy, they become like disconnected with life. Like they look to blame others without taking their own stance on life, other people, and other things. So it's just meditation. They become lost because they serve no purpose to a life with no energy for them. And when people lose their own energy source, they become lost and eventually die. And unfortunately, right now, society's made up of these, like, low-energy waves and, like, these low-energy ways of living. Like, our cells are dying because we're eating low-energy or dead food sources. Like, our energy is draining because we're, like, sitting on a couch or a desk. Like, you don't buy energy, you create it. You yeah. By doing exercise, yoga, breathing, all these beautiful techniques. And we are creating the, the life force inside of us. 
and we are doing this by building our energy up and we're creating that connection to life through that so that's why I think people are actually more disconnected is because they've been brought up in this disconnected world yeah and that's what I think when I was saying before about uh, not being aware I think there's two I was just thinking in my head there there's two different categories where I tried to find them as and it's sort of there's a category where people aren't aware and there's the people who are aware but they're both not doing anything about it mm. and that's why I think people aren't aware, aware that's what I mean by when people aren't aware of them because a lot of people still know these practices and know that these practices are there all the time but they're still not harnessing but then there's also on the other hand as well the element of people not being made aware and then you've got to also ask the question is why is people not being made aware mm-hmm. and I thought about this and I was I want to ask you this right I'll ask you this question now right what, what is what is actually the only thing in the whole entire the human experience that's cured every single disease the mind the mind the placebo effect that's the only thing that's cured every disease on this planet and that's proven wow. so then if that is the case you know it I know it a lot of other people know it why are we not standing on a, on a rooftop screaming that saying that we are everything our mind is powerful wow we can cure anything it's like uh, I was just, something uh, ironically very simi- similar to it. I was um, listening to Alan Watts, and he talked about if people actually believed the Bible true, truly to its fully extent, even Jehovah's Witnesses, they would be living a completely fearful existence. And I think it's, and I think he, I think he boils it down to the fact that deep, deep down, they truly don't believe, like like the Christian experience and I think it's a very interesting point and it might get a lot of hate for it like but it actually pushes to the understanding like maybe truthfully we don't know anything what we are we're completely disconnected by it and maybe just the fact the fact that we're being here for such a long time we still haven't a clue what we're what we're experiencing I mean this thing in front of us is a laptop I can't understand like the beginning of what it truly is how it works yeah I just know it to you you know what I mean like and I just know I'm here right now I might not be <laughs> but I might be and right now I'm taking the chance that I am and when I am I'm, I'm maybe I'm disconnected to so many other things what people believe in but this is what makes it all true true for me and that what's true for them but deep down deep deep down do we fully believe in anything I know I've thought about that maybe maybe we're not meant to know maybe we're not meant to know that because if we knew if we knew it all, that would be terrible. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't want to know the answer. And it's interesting because I was thinking about this um, the other day. It's interesting because we're actually born into a world, sort of not knowing anything. Sort of we start from that uh, that like that sort of that zero like zero literally naught. You start from the age of naught. Yeah. And then you've got to sort of learn everything, and you've got to sort of start from scratch and build up your consciousness. Wow. And that's what you've got to do, and that's what these sort of these conscious technologies are there for. Everything's there to sort of build up your consciousness, so you start from zero, so you can build your conscious consciousness up. Wow, that's great. That. What's interesting to me though, as well, is that um, I mean, we know now that these these sort of consciousness technologies have been been there and they've been around in history for ages. Mm. All these t- technologies that they've been there for throughout ages, and I think like. Like you said, with like meditation and breathing, they are the basic foundation of who we are. Like completely without nothing, we are nothing without them. You know what I mean? Like that's my stance on it. And I think while we're here and we're being exploring these different conscious technologies, it's great to see what what mankind's actually thought of throughout the uh, the years. Yeah, what comes from them? Yeah, I mean, like I've been doing a lot of research into like into 
in um, technologies into consciousness and I, I find like loads of like synchronicities and like connections and like one of them I was looking at was the Ark of the Covenant Ah, in there, fingerprints of the god. Yeah, talks about. Don't he? I was thinking more Indiana Jones. That's how I remember <laughs> this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like they said, like the ark held that, like, the power of God, and it had like the biblical ten commandments. What from what Moses had, and he says that, and they said that God manifested itself into the ark, and that there are passages well like relating to this, but reading more into it as well, the ark gave itself a glow and it gave off sparks. And Nikola Tesla came up with the conclusion that the Ark, it was a Leyden jar, a technology way before its time. And a Leyden jar is a device for storing and harbouring electrical energy. So here's something interesting, right? I want to ask, propose you a question here, right? So so what's interesting to me is all them different, all them sort of them different technologies that are all there. Mm. That we, there is sort of like... Um, like breadcrumbs and remnants of obviously in history of like sort of in books and things like that of people talking about how these vast technologies have been available at some time but it seems yeah. to me if you look around the world now they've sort of been like sort of um, pushed out in society sort of thing why why is it why is it the case that that civilizations in the past were onto the right idea were on the right idea but we've sort of not utilize that information now like there's been a there's been a some sort of gap that's missed you know what i mean we've yeah. actually why we sort of not tapped into that that full their full potential i think that's is it because of is it because of like i said because we're not really people just haven't like really found them and, and what i mean by that is we've found them but mm. we haven't utilized them yeah i know mm. and i was actually thinking in my mind it's it seems to me that all them technologies, the technologies that cut, that don't don't require this sort of bar psychedelics, <laughs> don't require this sort of this quick fix. It takes time to actually harness them in your mm-hmm. mind. You've got to you've got to you've got to learn them yourself. And yeah. I, I don't think I don't think a lot of people don't want that. People want that that like that quick pill, don't they? They want that quick fix. Yeah. Well, I guess like I was saying, I'm seeing like even the reference point of like why has like society like never like really taking into account all these different um, these different technologies and it's like right now we've had like a society built on its like own creation like if you look at it like we are destroying the planet with vast amounts of fossil fuels in the atmosphere every second how can any civilization but we still do it all the time stand for it yeah but we're still doing it like we're killing billions of cows and chickens and, and any all animals and it's not like we're not aware of it we are aware we're, we're of it we're weird because I've thought about this because there's so many there's, there's no I've thought about this and there's nobody there's nobody that's 100% pure so like someone might be doing something great in one field but then they're contradicting themselves in another field field Mm. And I don't, I, I don't, I don't know if we can actually sort of go through the whole of this human experience that we had set up to not contradict ourselves. I've thought about that, but the, have you ever thought about that? How many things, how many mm. things do you actually do as a person that are good, but then on the other hand, you contradict yourself? We're weird. We're probably weird. Yeah, I mean, like theoretically, we know things are bad. Like driving a car, we're contributing to the, like the atmosphere. You know what I mean? We're contributing to like the decline of Earth. We're, you know what I mean? But if we act, and we're aware of that as well. But we are also conditioned by society as well to be culturally accepted. And I think it is like even through our evolution that we're actually being told if you go against society, that is you in danger. Because if you were thrown out of society before in like ancient civilizations, you were classed, you were going to die. 
because you will basically have to be put onto survival mode by yourself. And right now, we're probably still like attached to our ancestors by thinking, I can't really go against society. I can't really like. I've still got to be society. I mean, oh, I still need to buy a house. I still need to get a car. Right. I still need to get, earn money. These are things like security, and it's this security that keeps us locked into this complete trap. And without, while we're in this trap, we cannot really like go against the society of of what we've got of the societal issues, such as like going against like fossil fuels and stuff like that in the atmosphere. But maybe that's why what's stopping us. Maybe that's what's stopping us from really understanding this like connection as like spirituality connection to ourselves is because we're still like stuck into these primitive brain brain waves of being like like a like a follower so here's a question i want to pose you right how many how many things do we actually i hope this comes out right but how do we actually how many things do we actually do in society for our survival that goes against and contradicts actually what it really means to be human to that pure essence form coming from love from the heart wow so it's like how do we be who we are versus how do we be who society wants us to be not even that even bigger than that how do we actually be who we are against well, the evolution of who we are of the, of the evolution of who we are Fuck. that's a big that, one isn't yeah, it yeah it definitely is it's like because like all the processes to survive like the food they eat the types of food you eat things like that like so the survival instincts versus right now and like that's pure power in the, it is it's hard to think about isn't it yeah it's hard to put your mind into that frame I mean how do you go against the evolution of who you are like because everything that's come thousands of years before you your ancestors and everything it's been ingrained into their bodies and their DNA into the, into the whole stage of evolution to be where you are now and do the processes that you are now and it's programmed in your but DNA but then you know what the funny thing is though I thought about this even though all them processes have got to where you are now it still doesn't mean the processes that's come before right exactly I think that's fascinating. That, it's by a little bit that. Yeah. You think about that. It, it's powerful, and I couldn't really give you an answer right off the top of your head. I don't because you know why? Because I don't think there's an answer. I thought about that. I don't think there's an answer. Maybe because, you're right. Because it's, I don't think we can. I don't think we can understand it because there's too many forces in your mind, of from where you've come from, of what you can see, from that. You know what I mean? There's too much. The thing is, well, there's though, too the, much around it. Yeah, it's deep that in it. Exactly. Very <laughs> deep. I mean, even, how many people have tried to like understand like evolution? Like Charles Darwin's theory on evolution is what we've got closest to, but even his is there's so many flaws in in, in Darwin's theory. It's interesting to think though how many times how many t- times that actual that theory will actually change over the years in the future in a thousand, two thousand, three thousand, four thousand years. How many times will that change? Yeah, I know. Will a future civilization look back and just think? Will they crack the code? What the hell are these monkeys doing? <laughs> <laughs> will they crack the code? You know what I mean? They could be thinking, look at these idiots still breathing, meditating. <laughs> what are they thinking? <laughs> And we'd be like, these idiots think they yeah. come from monkeys. Why didn't they just press the super button and then <laughs> it'll be all fine and everything will be a reset button? <laughs> yeah, but um, I think that's what's fascinating about it, man. Dan is like it, the true components of who we are. We don't know. We haven't got a clue. Nah, we don't. We, we don't know. So here's something, right? So in, just imagine this, because this is an interesting question. Right? Like this will tie in what we've just been seeing as well. So in the future, right, with the advancement of technology, right? Um. Not conscious technology, <laughs> materialistic con- technology. Of course, <laughs> best technology. <laughs> but it's interesting to think about how these, how these actual, these spiritual technologies will actually evolve, like mm. what they, what they could, what they could actually become and not become. Yeah, I think, I think it is interesting. Like it could become anything. It could become like the greatest mystical experience of life, which 
really penetrates the entire existence of mankind and completely changes us. But I think in order to look forward, we have to look back. And I think right now, through reading about all these amazing technologies of the past and all these incredible advancements of the mind and the marvels of all these ancient structures, like pyramids, everything, and all these great civilizations, we've been left with like a horrible conclusion that there are other civilizations out there which were ready to destroy them. Anyway, but what I'm trying to say is that all cultures need to fully accept one another and then only then can we infuse all these different teachings from so many different civilizations and we can infuse all these technologies together is only then we'd see the real full advancement of civilizations. Like, imagine where we would be if civilizations like never destroyed each other or destroyed their entire technological understanding like imagine if all the books of alexandria were kept imagine if all the records all throughout time would existed imagine if government governments like never had an agenda for profit imagine if children like were taught to become thinkers and creators instead of followers and limited in therefore vision and like technologies and research they were directed in expanding the mind and consciousness then those like and those were like were brought at the forefront of civilization that they were the things that mattered only then I think like we can like truly understand how powerful we truly are like. That's why I think it comes back to as well, all these different technologies. I know you were naming a lot of sort of um like the other technologies there I was in the past things like that. But even the tech back to get back go back again, the technologies that we've got in front of us now, like I said, the breathing, mm. moving your body, things like that. I think it all depends on in the future how much actually we shine a light on them. Yeah, will they be dependent on it for a future civilization? So if we actually get our shit in place, and we start teaching kids how to breathe properly in school, teaching kids meditation, teaching kids about the anatomy of the human body and how the human body works, things like that, psychedelic movement comes back through even stronger. Things like this, we can actually really have the ability and are allowed to explore our own consciousness. And, and kids are actually really sort of taught how to explore their own consciousness then that's what's going to push through a future civilization in the future yeah beautiful point really beautiful point something as well I'll tell you what it'll be interesting as well to touch on as well which we haven't touched on in a while bring to, to bring, just to bring the podcast towards the end sort of thing because we've actually had quite a lot of people as well sort of um, asking what are our current daily routines and things like that oh. so I think this might, might be good to touch on I mean, I don't know what you think about that, but it'd probably be good. But um, how about this? What sort of, what's our sort of daily routine that me and you do now to sort of bring back our consciousness back to the driver front, driver of our meat suits? What would you well, say? I love the way you put that there, by the <laughs> way. <laughs> um, mm, my daily routine, like to bring me back to awareness, sort of say, is to like move my body and like work with chi. Yeah, like um, like I mentioned before, it does have a, a huge power on me, and I also read a book as well that gets my creative thoughts thinking. Also, uh, tidy the house as well. Like <laughs> a clutter, a cluttered house only leaves a cluttered mind, as they say. <laughs> and um, I also play with the dog as well. Like somebody once said, it's only because of animals that truly makes us human. And uh, I love that quote. Actually, it makes me feel proud of being a human. I love that quote, by the way. Yeah, and having this love, it's. And I share a similar mind uh, to my girlfriend. She gives me an appreciation for life, which I believe is the ultimate form of consciousness. Yeah, I like that little. Uh, yeah, I liked your morning routine there, Chris. By the way, and as well, just as well, just um, 
something that I've been doing in the morning as well, which I find powerful, and this is always my go-to one that I do, is sort of movement. Um, just sort of combined with, just sort of combined with breath, because what I like doing in the morning is not necessarily doing a heavy deadlift or throwing a kettlebell around, nothing like that, nothing high in intensity. It's basically just getting up and just getting a feel for the vessel, getting a feel for the human vessel and get a feel for where it's actually at in the day because we, we've we actually been lying in bed for all that time in, at night time so when I first wake up in the morning I like to just do some light movements and it's interesting because I'm just I'm just literally just feeling and just feeling the body and seeing where it's at feeling for where it's tight feeling for feeling where there's tension and it's interesting because it's actually it's not about thinking about moving it's just moving and that's one of the first things I do anyway. And another one I've been playing with as well from that as well is sort of visualization. I love visualization and um, sort of visualizing my uh, body as a bottle of water. And I actually play some uh, sounds in the back background as well. So I can actually sort of uh, add to the ambience in my mind when I'm sort of moving my body like a bottle of water. But I think that's a beautiful one because it's sort of, when you are think visualizing your body as a bottle of water, it makes you forget about everything else. So that's a good way to sort of be in the present moment and just be with you and your body and um and then what i also like to do as well is i sort of like like to hype it up a little bit start to play a bit play some um chill beats so and uh things like that and um and then from that position what i like to do is i sort of like to um dance i love dancing so i love dancing to sort of um like some house music or some chill beats things like that but what i like about dances is like i said uh, earlier in the podcast is that um Dancing just allows you just to do whatever you want. Just allows you to have a bit of fun and not take it, not take yourself seriously. And that's what I like about it. And um, a second one which I like doing as well is yoga. Yoga is a powerful one that I've been uh, really trying to tap into lately. And uh, what I find with yoga is, is well, obviously we know yoga is like an ancient art. It's been around for thousands of years. But when I first did yoga, I just, I did I, in the beginning I didn't take it seriously. And what I found with yoga is if you don't, if you um, what I found with yoga is that it can actually find you out as a person. And um, if it certainly did that with me, found me out. I thought I was a fit person. And then I started doing yoga and I realised I wasn't. So I think yoga is something that I'm going to be continuing to do for the rest of my life now, definitely. And uh, something that I'm going to be sort of devoting more of my time to is trying to, um, in that element. And um, another one as well, which I've been very fascinated by, is animal movements. And I know there's a lot of uh, guys who talk about animal movements, like Ido Portal and sort of. There's also Mike Fitch as well, who has a, a good movement program as well. But basically, just st- basically studying the, the uh, art of animal movements, and um, I think with animal animal move- movements, there's just so many different areas you can actually explore with animal movements. And uh, I think it's beautiful just being able to just um, have a bit of fun and just walk like a lizard, jump like a frog. There's just loads of different loads of different movements and. Um, that you can actually explore within that, and I think it's I think it's beautiful. And um, another one as well, which I've uh, is always a part of my morning routine, is powerful. Is breath work, and I always make time for this uh, during my little morning routine, and uh, and through the day as well. But um, something that I've been exploring is the Wim Hof method, is doing the thirty deep breaths, and I, I really found that find that sort of the hyperoxygenation of my body is sort of a, just a good way to sort of get everything working in my, in my mind and get everything sort of on that edge. And um, another one as well, which I like to do is to always to bring me sort of me uh, me little routine to the end. Is just sit with me thoughts, and it's not even necessary meditation, because um, 
I wouldn't even call it meditation. It's basically just me just sitting with myself, no sound, no sensory input, me just sitting and just asking myself questions, where do I want to go today, what do I want to do? And that's all it basically is. Just before we do wrap this up as well, I was just w- wondering, um, maybe let's, do you have, Chris, do you have any sort of like final thoughts on the subject of conscious technologies just to sort of bring this to an end? Yeah, I think as long as you're even asking the questions of trying to find what conscious technology is, I think you're on the right path. And I really... I really believe that right now you're in life, whatever happens is going to open up your consciousness. Do you just need to stay aware? Yeah, I love that by the way. But I think what I what I think about all these um, all these different technologies, what I've found is they all have their sort of unique gift gift, and they can sort of provide you with something different. And um, I think it's just all like you said there. It's just all about finding the one for you, like you said, Chris. But I think it's really about sort of just tapping into it and sort of learning about the true nature of all these technologies and just trying to figure out basically what is the right one for you and from that position just have fun with it and it's very interesting because they all they all, all these different different types of conscious technologies they're all here in this human experience for us just to try and learn so anyway i think we'll wrap this up now but i just want to say peace and love boom Thanks so much for listening to the podcast and thanks so much for tuning in every week. We really do appreciate you guys. And if you really do believe in what we're doing with the podcast, please just take a few minutes and support the podcast if you can. You can even pledge $1 and every little bit of help we can get will be amazing and really help us take this to the next level. And we would love it if you guys could join us in our private online group where all of us like-minded people can just share some ideas and have some fun and really go deep down the rabbit hole all together. And we all know it can be hard to find like-minded people who do want to engage in these conversations. And that's why we want you guys to join us where we can have some of these wild, fun conversations. And we would also love to just connect with you all and find out about your journeys in the human experience. So anyway, we would love it if you guys would join us in our monthly online hangouts where we get all weird and have some deep conversations. So if that does tickle your fancy, please send your meat suits over to our Patreon page and join in. So anyway, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. We love you all. We'll catch you next week in the next one where we delve into the world of spiritual machines, which is an amazing conversation. So anyway, keep seeking everyone. Peace.